Good morning, everyone. It's great to see everyone's smiling faces. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Six with me. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing, but not.
Let's celebrate them this morning. Your love is fierce. 
count on one thing. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails. He won't fail me now. No, you won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God that's never late. He's working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I same God fails. He won't fail me now. He won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God that's never late. He's working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Your name, oh yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my day. Yes, I will for all my day. Yes, I will. I choose to praise to glorify. And nothing can stand against I choose to praise To glorify and glorify The name of all names And nothing can stand against I choose to praise To glorify and glorify The name of all names And nothing can stand against I choose to like a hurricane 
I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for.
Well, it's finally happened. You've moved out. You're on your own. Congratulations. But everyone still needs a little help sometimes. Mom, have you seen my wallet? It's in your back pocket. Nah, I checked there. Your other back pocket, dear. Ah, thanks, Mom. Introducing the Mom Personal Assistant, the only smart speaker device with all the wisdom, caring, and sage advice of a mother. Mom, please call Brad. Honey, I'm just not sure he's right for you. Just call him. Okay, calling Ryan. No, Mom, I said call Brad. Trust me. The Mom PA always has your best interests in mind. Wish me luck, Mom. Big interview today. Did you eat breakfast? Uh... Is that what you're wearing? Wait, what? <laughs> Did you even shower? She's there to provide a helping hand whenever you need it. Mom, set a timer for 40 minutes. Mom? The Mom Personal Assistant won't function until you say the magic word. Oh. Right. Mom, please set a timer for 40 minutes. Sure thing, hon, but it's only 30 minutes for that dish. The mom PA is always correct and basically knows everything. Mom, what setting should I use for this laundry? Mom, do you think I should color my hair? Hey, mom, can you please order mac and cheese? You still have two boxes. What? No, we're out. Did you look? Yeah, I just looked. It's gone. Do you want me to look? Uh, no, no, it's okay. I'll go look again. Try looking with your eyes this time. Based on God's perfect design, the mom personal assistant is thoughtful, kind, encouraging, and supportive. You are beautiful. It's okay. You're gonna get through this. I am so proud of you. You can change the world. But right now, hon, you really need to change your socks because they smell like a dumpster. Ugh, mom. The mom personal assistant. Always helpful, always reliable, and always there for you. I'd buy one just to hear my mom's voice again, but I thought that was pretty sweet. Look with your eyes this time. I've heard that one, actually. Good morning, and welcome to Living Water. We're so glad you're here. Um, I would like to say a happy Mother's Day. On behalf of the staff here at Living Water, we are so glad that you're here today. In fact, I want to do something special and ask you, if you're a mom, stand up this morning. We're not going to try to embarrass you, but stand if you're a mom. Oh, moms, you're so special. You are so special. We appreciate you here. Let's give them a hand, guys. <clears throat> All right. We love you, and we appreciate you so much. And I would, I would just say kind of our way of showing appreciation to you, we do it every year, is Reese's and Roses. I mean, which mom doesn't like chocolate, right? And then and a rose. And so uh, on the way out today, I would encourage you to grab one of those. Just as our way here at Living Water is saying, we appreciate you. We appreciate your influence and your family in this church. And uh, man, God just, God just blessed us with some wonderful mothers in this church. And so be sure and grab that on the way out today. Uh, if you'll grab your Bibles and open with me to... First Samuel. First Samuel, as I said, today is Mother's Day, and let me just remind us, we are gathered here today to worship God, because God is worthy of our worship, amen? 
So we come to church to worship God, to celebrate who we are in Christ, what the gospel means to us. And so it's, it's important for us to realize that, that is the purpose for which we have gathered. We also gather regularly just to encourage one another. We need encouragement. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. And there's something about just that warm fellowship that we experience when we gather together in fellowship. So we've also gathered for that reason. But specifically today, we celebrate moms, a special day of, of mothers. And I know that this is a kind of a mixed emotions type of a day. For some, it's a, it's a day of celebration. Your mom is with you, and you get to hang out with mom today, and it's just a special day. For others, like myself, my mom has gone on to be with the Lord, and so it's, uh, it's important for me to remember all the amazing qualities of my mom and just to, to reflect on those uh, things as we still celebrate her. And for some, you may be like, Shane, I just didn't have a great mom growing up, and it's hard for me to celebrate Mother's Day because of that. I would just challenge you to say, listen, give her some grace, show her some mercy, because you don't know what all she's walked through in her life, and she did do one thing right, you're here today, right? So you can say, God, thank you for my mom. Or maybe you're here today and you've been trying to have a baby for some time and you've been working through uh, the, the, the heartbreaking process of infertility. Can I just tell you today that God knows, God loves you, and uh, you know, he's, the, he's the one that is the source to all of our problems. And so happy Mother's Day from the bottom of my heart. We are glad that you're here today. Let me share with you a few funnies before we get into the scripture. <clears throat> you know that you're a mom when... Now, some of your moms can identify with some of these. I, I've seen them in my home um, as my wife has, has displayed this. So, you know you're a mom when your feet stick to the kitchen floor and you don't even care. When the kids are fighting, you threaten to lock them in a room together and not let them out until someone is bleeding. I've heard that one. <clears throat> you spend an entire week wearing sweats. Your idea of a good day is making it through without a child leaking bodily fluids on you. <laughs> Guys, we're the same way, right? Yeah, it's leaking. Popsicles become a food staple. Uh, that is true around my house. It's amazing, a miracle work that popsicles can do for the grandbabies. Your favorite television show is a cartoon. I got so sick of SpongeBob SquarePants. Peanut butter and jelly is eaten at least in one uh, meal a day. You're willing to kiss your child's boo-boo regardless of where it is. Your baby's pacifier falls on the floor and you give it back to her after you suck the dirt off of it because you're too busy to wash it off. Your kids make jokes about farting, burping, pooping, etc. And you think it's funny. My kids do that and my wife's laughing. I'm like, it's not, it's not funny. Well, she's a mom. You're desperate for adult conversation. You are so desperate for, for adult conversation that you spill your guts to the telemarketer that calls you and he hangs up on you. <laughs> Spit is your number one <clears throat> cleaning agent. You buy cereal with marshmallows in it. The closest you get to a gourmet cooking is making Rice Krispies treats. <laughs> you know, you're a mom. I heard this one today. I thought it was kind of cute. It was talking about a, a woman who went to Walmart and she took her toddler with her. And the toddler's screaming at the top of her lungs while mom is trying to shop. And the mom begins to say softly, calm down, Ellen. It'll be all right, Ellen. It's almost time to go home, Ellen. One of the Walmart associates came up to her and says, ma'am, you are to be commended at your patience of little Ellen. And she says, lady, I'm Ellen. 
And I found this little prayer. It's called a mother's prayer, and I'm going to share it with you. I thought it was kind of sweet. It's, Dear Lord, it's such a hectic day with little time to stop and pray. For life's been anything but calm since you called me to be a mom. Running errands, matching socks, building dreams with matching blocks, cooking, cleaning, and finding shoes, and other stuff that children lose. Fitting lids on bottled bugs, wiping tears and giving hugs. A stack of last week's mail to read, so where's the quiet time I need? Yet when I steal a moment, Lord, just at the sink or ironing board, to ask the blessings of your grace, I see then in my small one's face that you have blessed me all the while. And I stop to kiss that precious smile, author unknown. I read that, and I have to admit, when I read that this morning, it brought a tear to my eye because it reminded me of my mom. Uh, my mom has gone on to be with the Lord, and uh, for me, uh, it's always just been kind of a, a time to <clears throat> celebrate her, to remember the great qualities of, of being a mom. And I got to tell you, my mom wasn't great in a lot of people's eyes. I mean, she wasn't a very popular person in the community. Not that she was unpopular, but she, nobody just knew who she was. I mean, except for she was a cake decorator, so people knew her through her business. But she didn't have the, the nicest car. She didn't wear the nicest clothes. She wasn't the most popular in the, the community. And so um, she wasn't a great person from other people's perspectives. But my mom was really a, a neat lady. She was a professional cake decorator. I remember waking up every morning to the smell of cake being baked because she was doing that for a living. And um, I got so sick of eating cake growing up for breakfast because they would make the cake and they would trim the top and flip it upside down where it sit level, you know. And I'd wake up and say, hey, Mom, what's for breakfast? And she'd say, cake trimmings. I got so sick of vanilla cake. I just wanted to be like the normal kids and have Pop-Tarts or something like that, you know, for breakfast. But she was cake decorator. She was a great cook. Me and my sisters talk about the recipes that we should have written down because uh, mom was a great cook. My mom was talented with uh, musician stuff. She would play the piano by ear, um, just be able to sit down and hear something and play it, and she could sing. And some of that she passed on to me, and so I'm very grateful. But today I'm especially grateful, and I, and I want to share that my mom was a great mom, not because of all those things, but two specific things. Number one is she modeled Christ-like behavior to me. Growing up, I, I used to think my mom was weak. It turns out she was meek and she was humble. And I would hear stories of someone saying something that would hurt her feelings or that I would find extremely offensive. And I remember saying, Mom, do something. Give them a piece of your mind. Tell them about it. You know, what are you going to do? And she'd just say, I told the Lord on them. I just prayed for them. And I thought, wow, that's weak. But it wasn't. She was modeling for me what Christ-like behavior looked like. And I'm so grateful for that. Also, I'm very grateful for my mama's prayers. In fact, I will tell you this. <clears throat> I believe that the reason I'm on the stage today is because my mom was praying. See, I had dreams and desires. I was going to go to Nashville, be the next Garth Brooks of the day. I mean, that was my dream, right? And now I'm on a pulpit preaching the word. I'm like, thanks, mom, because that was a mom prayer. Mom, use him for your glory. Lord, you use him however you see fit. And I believe that I'm doing what I am doing today because of the prayer of a mama. Mama's prayers are pretty special, aren't they? I would say this, I think that I'm alive today because of my mama's prayers. You know, those, those teenage years when you're out doing the things that you do, away from the accountability and the watchful eye of mom and dad, and I remember coming into the house way late at night and meeting mom at the front door, like, what are you doing up, mom? Praying for you. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Or the phone call, hey, God woke me up in the middle of the night, and I've just been praying for you. Is everything okay? 
Just to know that mom was praying for me my whole life makes my mom a great, great mom. And I'll always remember and cherish the fact that she loved me and prayed for me. Not only me, but my sisters and her grandbabies. She was a, a great mom. Maybe you have some similar memories uh, of your mom today. Hopefully you do, and it causes you to cherish her and the influence that she had in your life. Well, First Samuel is a big book. It's a great book. It's in First Samuel that we are introduced to some, some big players in Scripture we're going to be introduced to Samuel, which is the last of the prophets. He is the, uh, or excuse me, the last of the judges. He's the first of the prophets, and he's also a priest. He plays the role of priest throughout uh, the Old Testament. We also be introduced to the first king of Israel, the very first one named Saul, and we'll also be introduced to the best, the greatest king of all of Israel, King David, the one of whom God said, "This is a man after my own heart." All of that is in First. Samuel, but I find it interesting that Samuel starts with the first two chapters talking about a woman. So when God wants to do something big, he starts with a woman. And in this case, 1 Samuel begins with a story of a woman named Hannah. Hannah had this huge problem, and it's what she did with that problem that I believe can inspire us today and give us a lesson. Um, as I believe God's word always speaks to us, right? And no matter if it's an Old Testament story, a New Testament story, I think that if we look at Scripture, we can, we can learn and we can glean from those lessons. And so do that with me today as we consider this life of Hannah and we talk about a prayer that changed history. Literally, her prayer changed history because she was barren. She couldn't have children. And the answer to her prayer was a son, and that son is Samuel. And as I said, Samuel was an amazing figure. He was the last of the judges. Uh, in fact, the book of Judges closes out with this. In those days, Israel had no king, and so everyone did what was right in their own eyes. They were going through just this ebb and flow of wickedness and righteousness, wickedness and righteousness. He would raise up a, a judge, and they would live right for a while. That judge would die, and they would just go back to the pit, right? And so it's in that backdrop that we, we find First Samuel and this woman named Hannah praying for a son. And God answers her prayer, and we have Samuel, who becomes a connector between this season of the judges and what we now have as a monarchy, the kingdom of Israel. And so Samuel is kind of this person that connects these two together. So 1 Samuel starts in verse 2. It says, Elkanah, this is the husband, he had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Now, is this a problem? Well, if you've ever wanted to have children and you can't have children, it's a huge problem. It is a big deal. And it was especially a big deal back in the biblical days there because the husbands relied on having many children, more importantly, many sons. Because if they had a lot of sons, then they could put those sons to work. And it was like expanding the family business, the more that they could, they could bring in. Also, they didn't have social security back in those days, and so they relied heavily on one generation taking care of the older generation. So many sons meant that dad was set for many, many years. And so to not have a child was just a huge, huge deal if you were a Hebrew uh, woman. And so, in fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, <clears throat> listen to what it says. If you listen to these regulations and faithful or uh, faithful to obey them, the Lord your God will keep his covenant of unfailing love with you as he promised with an oath to your ancestors. He will love you and bless you, and he will give you many children. He will give fertility to your land and to your animals. I'll skip down verse 14. It says, none of your, women, uh, none of your men or women will be childless. And so they believed that God blessed them, and if they couldn't have children, they saw that as a curse. 
And there are many different examples in Scripture of women who were barren early on that God would later allow them to conceive. But among them are Sarah, Abraham's wife, Rebecca, Rachel, Samson's mother, and Elizabeth, which is John the Baptist's mother. An interesting note about Rachel in in Genesis 30, it talks about that. It says whenever she uh, realized or discovered that she was barren and couldn't have children, it says that she went to Jacob, her husband, and said, give me children or I'll die. It was a serious deal. Later after she conceived and had a child, she said, thank you, Lord, for wiping this disgrace away from me. It was a big deal to have children back in that day. And so for Hannah, this was a huge, huge problem. Panina had children, but Hannah didn't have any. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. This was required. Three times a year, they were to travel to the tabernacle to worship. It says, the priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Panina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. I don't like the way that's translated in the New Living Translation. Most of them will say because he loved Hannah, he gave her a double portion. And so you can imagine for um, Panina and her children, the husband gave them all a portion of meat apiece. And so they had all this food around. And Hannah, with no children, it didn't stop her husband from loving her. And he loved her very much. He gave her a double portion or a choice Portion. And so you can imagine this rivalry that was born amongst her and Panina. Verse 6 says, So Panina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Panina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. You see, Hannah has a huge problem. And I think there's something in there for us to to realize today because we sometimes think that the ones that have problems, usually there's something going on in their life. They probably, it's a punishment from God, if you will. But I just need to know that great moms and great people also have great problems, amen? Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So we're gonna experience some hardships in life. And Hannah is no different. She was infertile. She was not allowed to have children, not able to have children. And then on top of that, she had this rival, Panina. Now, why did Elkanah have two wives? Well, it's not something that God sanctioned, but many times, because of the need for them to have a son to carry on their family name, if they married and the wife was unable to conceive and have children, many times uh, they would take another woman and have children through her so that they could keep their name going. And that was the case of Elkanah where he married Penina and Hannah because he wanted children. And so this produced a natural rivalry. One of them is rubbing in the face of the other that she has children and the other one doesn't. And then because of Elkanah's love of Hannah, he would give Hannah a double portion and that would just cause Penina to go back and forth and they would just taunt. She would taunt, taunt. It says it went on this way year after year after year. It was the same thing. She had a huge problem. And I love this, that it's included in verse 8. Because I think I can relate to this. Guys, and maybe you can too. Sometimes we're not good at fixing the problem. The wife's got something that's on her heart and she's really struggling with and we try to fix it. I'm a fix it guy. Well, honey, and we just start trying to give it, you know, like just need to listen and maybe give her a shoulder to cry on because maybe she don't want us to fix it. But I love this because Elkanah says, why are you crying, Hannah? 
And why aren't you eating? Duh. You've been watching this go on for year after year after year. You know what's going on. So, you know, why are you asking her? Why aren't you eating and why are you crying? He says, why be downhearted just because you have no children? No big deal. Moron, right? And then this one, this takes the cake. He says, you have me. (laughs) Isn't that better than having ten sons? No. No, it's not, right? And so his feeble attempt to console his, his wife, and I think it's important for us to know when we have big problems, like in her case, she had a, a big problem. It's, it's not that you have the problems because we will have the problems, but it's what you do with the problems. And that's the next verse, verse 9. It says, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and she went to pray. She went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. She prayed. You know, Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. She knew where her help was at, right? Husband can't fix this. This is a bigger problem than only the Lord can fix. The Lord is our helper. For us today, I would remind you of 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. How many would agree today that God cares for his people? We sing that song, oh, how he loves us. Do we truly believe that? I mean, God loves, he cares, he knows. And therefore he says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. I think for us, sometimes that's the biggest struggle is the ability to just walk away from it and let it go after we've cast that burden upon the Lord. See, Hannah has this huge burden and she takes it to the Lord in in prayer. The prayer is kind of interesting, I think, in verse 11. It says, and she made this vow, or she, she made this promise. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever done one of these, let's make a deal with God kind of prayers? God, if you'll just get me out of this pickle, I'll start going to church on Sundays. Sunday comes around after he got you out of the pickle, and you're like, man, I'm tired. I want to sleep in today, right? It's hard to honor those vows and those promises that we made together. I, I know that there's probably many of them that I have not honored in, in my life, but she steps out and she needs a child so badly. She desires a child so badly that she says, Lord, if you will give me this child. First off, she addresses him as, O Lord of heaven's armies. I think that's interesting. She could have easily said, Jehovah Jireh. That means God provides. I, I need you to provide for me a son, Jehovah Jireh. She could have addressed him, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I need you to heal my my womb. I need a a son, Jehovah Rapha. But she doesn't address him that way. She addresses him as Lord of heaven's armies. She appeals to his might and his power, the power and the might of God. Lord of heaven's armies. If you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. That was a Nazarite vow, same one that Samson had. He never had his hair cut. His strength was in his hair. And she's basically saying, the one thing that I want the most is a son. And Lord, if you'll give me that son, I'll give him back to you. Now, I'm not talking about our child dedication that we do today, right? Lord, we're giving them back to you. No, no, literally, 
I'm going to give him back to you. The thing that she needed and desired most. And I think there's a lesson in that for us. It's like, do we love the, the, the giver more than we love the gift? Because I think we can get to a place of freedom in life when we can say, God, I love you. I love you so much. And you know what I want? My heart's desire so much. But if you give it to me, I'm willing to give it right back to you. And I think that's a, a big test for us to say, God, I, I just want you more than the gift. But in this case, she says, Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. She prayed. She made a promise. Verse 12, it says, as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. The priest, he's off to the side watching her praying. And it says, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. That was probably a reasonable conclusion for a priest in those days. I don't know, but he's like, she must be drunk. And so he says, must you come here drunk? He demanded, throw away your wine. Woman, you're crazy. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. I had this huge burden. Year after year after year, I've wrestled with this burden and this heavy, heavy burden. And I'm just pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think that I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. I love Eli's response, verse 17. It says, in that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you've been asked of him. So, so she's got this huge problem, this problem of infertility, this rivalry thing, and she just wants a son so badly, and she takes that to the Lord in prayer, and she pours her heart out before God. The priest says, may the Lord give you whatever it is that you have asked of him, and I, and I think we can't miss this part, verse 18. Look at her response, because she's been barren for some time. It'd be easy for her to say, oh, oh I know, sir, and Maybe in time, or maybe if it's the Lord's will, or, you know, but you don't know all the things that we've been to, what we've tried, and, um, and, and so I just have a hard time believing that. But listen to her response as he said, may the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him, oh, thank you, sir. You know what that is? That's a display of faith. Thank you, sir. She said, oh, thank you, sir. She exclaimed. Then it says she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. I want you to catch this. She went to the temple with a heavy burden, and she walked out a free woman. She walked into the temple burdened, and she walked out at peace. It reminds me of Philippians where it says that we are to be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication present our request to the Lord. And God gives us this peace that passes all understanding. And that, that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think she walked away in peace. She, her burden was lifted. It's cool so far, right? So she has this burden. She takes it to the Lord. She prays. She makes this vow. And how many know it's difficult to, to, to back up what it is that you promised to do? And don't you know that for the next couple of years, this is going to be a difficult thing for her, that vow that she has made. Look at what it says in verse 19. It says, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they left, or they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and keep his vow. 
But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned, then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed, stay here for now and may the Lord help you to keep your promise. And you made a big promise back there, Hannah. May the Lord help you to be able to keep that promise. It says, so she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned, probably close to three years of age. In those three years of, of, of time of, of weaning him and getting him to the point where he's weaned, she had the influence in his life. And she was not through with the influence once she made good on her promise. She visited many times, year after year, she got to see her son. But the important thing for her, us to see today is that she kept her promise she honored her her vow we asked to the lord and lord if you will then i will i think it's important for us to realize that it is better to not make a vow than to make a vow and not keep it another scripture says right but just say god if you'll answer my prayer here's what i'm willing to do and just honor our vows honor our promises so in verse 24, it says, when the, Lord, when, the, when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Do you remember me, Eli? I'm the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy. And he has granted my request. Now I'm giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. She leaves the baby boy that she so desperately wanted at the tabernacle with the priest. Time out. Please, moms, dads, if you get one of those difficult kids and you're feeling like, that's what we need to do. We're just going to dedicate them to the Lord, drop them off at Living Water. My wife and I are done with that season of life, right? So I'm not, please, please don't, don't literally dedicate that's what we'll do this is awesome right we found a way to get rid of little johnny um but in this case she leaves her her son that she so desperately needed and wanted and she leaves him making good on her her promise and then chapter two if you get time to read that later i love this hannah's prayer of praise by reading this you see that hannah was a praying woman already she was a praying woman she was a praying mom and she displays this, the beautiful work of the Lord. I'll read a couple verses. It says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And on and on. She praises the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 19 says, each year his mother made a coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. Don't you know that would probably be mixed emotions, right? You're difficult. You, you gave this son. You, you dropped him off at the tabernacle. And every year, you know, she would provide a coat for him, go and visit, and have to say goodbye again. I'm sure that was very difficult. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you other children to take the place of this one that she gave to the Lord. And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. I think there's just some neat things in there. If you consider 1 Samuel, how it begins with the story of a woman, of Hannah. And Hannah's a great mom, great mom with great problems. And so I think that you and I can be encouraged today that no matter what it is that we go through in life, to realize that you're in good company. There's a lot of people in scriptures that went through great 
problems, and, and, and it's important for us to know, it's not the, the problems that we go through, because we'll all go through some difficult times in life, and I'll walk through some of those as a pastor of a church. We'll experience some hardships in life, but it's not that we do go through those, but it's what we do with those hardships and those problems that we encounter in life, and we're reminded from Miss Hannah is to take it to the Lord in prayer. In fact, one of my favorite hymns, I know I've quoted this before, but um, get over it. I mean, I'm, I just want to say it again because it's good, right? Listen to these lyrics. <clears throat> what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer, everything. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who with or will all our sorrows, sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are you weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find a solace there. Beautiful hymn. I love the message there that encourages us to, no matter what the burden is, to follow the example of Hannah and take it to the Lord in prayer. And here's where I think that we mess up. Because we understand that we're to cast our burdens upon the Lord because he cares for us. And, and we know that God's bigger. His shoulders are big enough to shoulder that load, right? And so we understand the concept. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And so we take it to the Lord in prayer. And we just lay our hearts out before God. God, you can handle this. I can't. So, Lord, I just transfer this from me to you. And I have this horrible problem of saying, in Jesus' name, amen. And I reach over and I pick that burden back up and I walk out with it on my shoulders. Anybody else struggle with that? We can leave church, burden lifted, and on the way out, like, hey, don't forget your baggage. We take it with us again, Monday through Friday. We walk out of the prayer closet, giving it to the Lord. We feel better uh, temporarily, and then, oh, oh, don't forget to pick up the baggage and, and carry it again. And I think that we could learn from that is to be able to take the burdens and to cast them up on the Lord because we know he cares for us and to leave those burdens with the Lord, knowing that he is much more able to deal with it than we are. Amen? Oh, that we would be free enough to say, God, I, I trust you with this burden and I want to lay it down before you. And, and like Hannah, to display a little faith, right? To get up from our knees in prayer and say, all right, thank you, sir. Thank you, Lord. And, and to walk out of that time of prayer, or that time of laying that burden down with a little faith and saying, God, I, I just trust you. I trust you. You're in control. That display of faith. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God. For anyone that would come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek after him. We walk by faith and not by sight, right? And so there are many things that we will pray for, many burdens that we will lay down before the Lord and we have to display a little faith and say, you know what, God, I trust you and I'm gonna leave that there and I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk in one way and I'm gonna walk out another way. That burden lifted because I'm displaying my trust in your ability to take care of my problems no matter how large they are. Oh, that we could get that lesson today because I don't think he wants us to walk around 
carrying around a bunch of heavy loads, right? And he's able to do exceeding and abundantly more than we think or ask. Now, this does not guarantee because I take it to him and I display faith. It does not guarantee or it does not obligate God to answer that prayer. He's still sovereign, right? And so we display this, God, even if. God, I trust you that you're able and I'm, I'm needing you to. And I want to display that kind of faith in you and your ability to hear my prayer and answer my prayer. But even if. I think it's one of the hardest prayers to pray. Even if. Even if you don't answer this prayer, God, I'm going to love you anyways. God, I'm going to serve you anyways. I'm going to follow you anyways. We trust him, but we ultimately know that he is also the one that's in control. Amen? Moms, happy Mother's Day. I would say that we celebrate you genuinely. And let me just tell you this. If you're here today and you're a mom, you can do so many great things in life as it relates to your family, to your, to your children. But can I just tell you the most important thing, like my mom, that you can do for your kids is display that Christ-like character. You're like, Shane, I blow it all the time. Hey, we get it, man. We all fall short. But pray for your children. Shane, I have been praying for them, and they're making a lot of mistakes. I don't even know what's going on, man. I'm ready to take them to the temple and kick them out of the car and dedicate them to the Lord, if you know what I mean. I, I have been praying. I want to say, never stop praying. Never stop praying. My mom prayed for me. In fact, I had a phone call with her right the day she passed away. We were in Oklahoma on our anniversary, and we snuck over there. We didn't want nobody to know we were there, and we were thinking about maybe surprising my mom later that day, and we were at the lake hanging out, and uh, something just told me to call my mom. So I called her. Hey, Mom, and she was so, so weak, barely could talk. I thought, man, something's going on with Mom. So I've been praying, praying for you. Had a short conversation. I said, Mom, I love you. And I said, can I pray for you? And I prayed for her. I hung up the phone and I said, Rachel, we need to go check on Mom now. It's like a 15-minute drive on Rachel's Mustang. And I was driving <laughs> kind of fast. And we get to Willow and my mom had already passed away. I was the last one she talked to on the phone. Last thing she heard was her son praying for her. And that blesses me to know that she gave her whole life praying for me. And I said, I'm here today, I believe, because of mom's faithful prayers. Mom, don't ever stop praying. Pray for your children. Pray for your children. Yeah, my children are grown. Pray for your children, right? I never had any children. Hey, listen, God has put you in a unique position, and maybe you have influence in other families as a mentor. Pray, pray, pray for them. Because there's power in prayer. Moms, if you're here today and you're carrying a load, I want to tell you about somebody that's able to carry that load for you. And it's difficult to do, but if you could just simply say, God, this load is too big for me, it's too heavy for me, and I just trust you, and I want to put that on your shoulders. Help me to walk out of here with that burden lifted today. I know someone who can take care of that for you. He's the Lord, and he's faithful, right? There's nothing too difficult for him. And you're here, and maybe you're saying, maybe you are here today, and you're like, Shane, I've tried to, to get pregnant for some time and we've done everything that we know to do and we're just we've exhausted all the resources can I just tell you I still know somebody who can make that happen and my challenge to you would be just, just to continue to trust him and if he's the one that opens the womb I remember many different times in the past telling couples hey listen I'm not trying to I'm not a doctor I don't know everything but I just keep reading in my scriptures over and over where God opened the womb God opened the womb. God closes the womb. God opens the womb. So, you know, can we just stop a moment and pray that God will open your womb? I've seen it a couple, three different times where after that, God, you know, I got a phone call and they said, hey, we're, we're pregnant. And I'm like, you know what? That's just God. God is the one that opens 
the wounds. So will you just trust him with that? I'm not, not minimizing your prayer and your, your heartbreak and all that stuff, but just keep on trusting him. But also still have that attitude, God, even if, even if, I may not understand it, but even if, Lord, I trust you. And I know that you've got a plan for my life. Amen? Be encouraged today. We serve a God who is greater than anything that we could ever, ever face. A God who answers prayers. And prayer is a powerful thing. And, and who knows if the prayers that you pray for your children, your grandchildren, your families, those prayers, if they don't also change history, much like Hannah's prayer changed history. You may be raising the next evangelist, the next preacher, the next Billy Graham. You may be, you may be raising them. No pressure, moms and dads. But pray for your kids. I can say on behalf of me, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. We love you and I hope you're encouraged today. Would you stand and let's just um, pray for a moment. And then uh, as you dismiss today, don't forget to grab a rose on the way out, a Reese's. And uh, just, just know that we at Living Water love you. And uh, I hope today is a special, special day for you as a mom. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for moms. Thank you for this day that we get to celebrate our moms and just remember, Lord, the sweet things about them, even for those that maybe their mom is no longer here with them physically. We know that they still carry on in our hearts. And uh, God, I pray that you would just help us to be mindful of those wonderful things, the influence that they had in our lives, and sometimes the things we take for granted, that today would be a, maybe it'd put a smile on our face as we remember our moms. Lord, for those that that are struggling today to find anything positive about mom. Maybe the mom blew it. Maybe the mom wasn't the example she needed to be. God, I pray that today would be the day that you would allow them to just let that go. To give mom a little grace, show her a little mercy, knowing that we don't know her story. And Father, we wouldn't allow that to keep us from honoring her for bringing us into the world, but we would use it as an opportunity to say, I, I want to do different by my family. So God, would you just give us the ability to see that and overlook some, some wrongs or shortcomings, but to truly honor moms that are worthy of being honored. And Father, today, I don't know in this service if there's anyone, but you do. And if there's someone here today that is struggling with that infertility and they're just crying out to you and they've tried everything they know to do and Lord, it's a, it's a huge burden to them. Father, I know that you know that. I know that you know them and I know there's nothing too difficult for you. And so, Lord, just as we see so many times in the scriptures that you opened the womb, my prayer this morning is the power of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, that you would open their womb and let them conceive and have a child. Father, you know all the other burdens that we carry, Lord, not just moms, but dads, and just in life, all the stuff that we, we carry. I pray that we could... Or take a, a cue from Hannah today in this lesson of being able to take these burdens to you, knowing that you're capable of handling those burdens. Lord, to instill in us, not just moms, but dads also, the importance of leadership, the importance of influence, the importance of prayer in our children's lives. Knowing, Father, that we, um, we pray in faith, knowing that you're the one that it's in control and you know, but Lord, we're just praying for you to do a great work in their lives. And Lord, we know that... If you should tarry and, and, and take your time in returning, the, the next generation is going to come up and another generation. And Lord, we want to leave a, a legacy in each family. So Father, I pray that we would be committed or maybe even recommitted to praying for our families, faithfully praying, even when we don't quickly see results, faithfully displaying our, our faith and our prayers that you're in control. 
Lord, I pray that you would encourage the moms today. God, I pray that you would encourage the families today. And I thank you so much that you love us. No matter what we've been through, no matter what we're going through right now, that your love for us is so much greater. So, Lord, would you be honored in our lives today? Lord, if there be anyone here that has not placed their faith in you, God, I pray that today would be the day they come to you and they trust in you for salvation. But Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day. We ask that you be honored in our lives today as we do our best to honor moms. I humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.